Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. If you don't know me, my name's Tony. I'm the, me and my wife are the camping packers in Wabash. And hey, I just want to uh, challenge you guys. If you're ever in the area, man, come and check us out on a Sunday. And uh, we would love to host you and, and for you to be a part of our service. And uh, I counted an honor to be able to preach for Pastor Justin. Uh, I just want you guys to know you have a great, great leader. Him and his wife are phenomenal. And uh, you guys, amen. The first service didn't amen. I, I, I don't know. They, they're rebellious or something. But anyway, apparently you guys are more safe, so it'd be good. Uh, anyway, they're great, uh, great leaders. And uh, me, and, me and Sherry uh, counted an honor to be able to serve under them. And I counted an honor to be able to, uh, I called this the big league. I got called up to the big league, uh, uh, the major. And uh, it's awesome to be able to come here today. And uh, so, hey, go ahead and grab those Mexican notes that you got as you came in, and we're going to jump into God's Word today. And I'm going to do a message called, But God. But God. Everyone on the count of three say, But God. One, two, three. All right, y'all can do better. One, two, three. But God. You ever had a but God moment? I bet you've had a but I can't moment. Like, I can't do that. I can't. I would, but I I would, but I would, but, but God moments are that moment that you're in a, you're in between a, a rock and a hard place and you don't know which way to go. You don't know the direction. You're like, I don't know. And, and then God shows up and you're like, whoo, that's a but God moment. That's a, a moment where you know without a doubt that God has shown up. And that's the one thing that we love about baptisms right here because baptisms declare to the world this is who you were and this is who you're going to be because you had a but God moment with Jesus. And so we would love for you to sign up on February 25th. We're going to have baptisms in all three services. And we would love for you to allow us the honor to baptize you so that you can declare to the entire church and to the world, this was me, but God, now this is me. This is me. And, and so we are going to look at a guy from the uh, Old Testament who had a but God moment. We read a short portion of it in the story of Acts, and it says this, Acts 7, 9 through 13. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, that, that were his brothers, they sold him as a slave into Egypt, but I want you to hear this word, but God was with him. One more time, say it, but God, but God. So we hear, we see sibling jealousy. How many of you have siblings? All right. Now, how many of you were the firstborn? Everybody, every sibling below you didn't like you. I don't know if you know that because you were the golden child. You were the goading child. So I, I got a quick story to tell you about uh, Kelvin um, and Kendall. So we have two kids, a boy and a girl. Kelvin, of course, older. And when he was in school, like, no matter what, we would make him go. Like, it was like, boy, get out of here. Like, go. Right? <laughs> Kendall now, you know, she's the, she's the girl. So she's like, Dad, I don't want to go. I don't feel good. I'm like, okay, baby, just stay in. It's okay. <laughs> 
When Kelvin finds out, he's like, of course you can stay home. You guys made me go to school no matter what. And, you know, just that sibling, ugh, right? And, and so, but Joseph's brothers went from just being jealous to actually hating him. Hating him so much that they wanted him to die. They wanted to kill him. But actually, so he, they, of course, if you know the story, they, they put him in a pit and they sold him into slavery. And then he went to Potiphar's house and, and then he got accused of rape and he went to prison. And then he ended up in Pharaoh's. And at the very end of the story, we have this in Genesis 50, 20. It says, you intended to harm me. So he's talking to his brothers. You intended to harm me, but God intended to, for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Notice what he said. You intended to harm me, but what? But God. But God. So how did, how did a man like Joseph go from being a, a man who, who had a dream from God, he gets thrown in a pit, he goes as a slave, then he gets put into prison. How does he go from all of those to a but God moment? I'll tell you how. Jot this first one down if you're taking notes. Joseph knew God had a plan. Joseph knew that God had a plan. So I'm going to read the story to you. It's a little long, but just bear with me. Genesis 37, 2 through 11 says, this is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17. Remember that age, okay? It's, a per it's an important part of this message. Joseph was a man of young age, 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bahal and the sons of Dilpha, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in an old age. Now who did, who did he favor? Favor Joseph. And his brothers knew that. If you, ever have, if you have a sibling, you always accuse your parents of liking one over the other, right? Like, like in my family, there were six or five of us. I knew who the favorite was and it wasn't me. And I was the baby, so that lie about the babies get every no, 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 no. Anyway, I've I've asked God, to, uh, you know, I've I've been the counseling through that, but anyway, I'm just kidding. His father's wife, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. So you guys have heard of the coat of many colors. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more. Then any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. That's, that's, some, that's some major hate there. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves and grain and out of the field when suddenly the sheep, or, excuse me, my sheep rose and stood upright while your sheep gathered around mine and bowed to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And they're probably like, oh, great, wonderful. And this time, the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing to me. When he told this to his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So Joseph had this dream, and he knew 
He, he just knew it wasn't from pizza last night, right? Like he didn't wake up like indigestion going, ugh, something don't feel right, right? And, and I had too much pizza. No, no, no. He woke up knowing that he had this dream from God. You know how you know you have a dream from God? Because you can't get it off of your mind and you can't get it off your heart and you want to tell the world about what God did. You want to tell everybody around you what God has done for you. So here you are. He's telling his brothers. He's telling his dad. He's telling everybody. But they don't appreciate the dream. You ever notice when you tell people about your dreams, some people don't like it? They become haters instead of appreciators? Yeah. So here you have Joseph, and he has his dream. And he's walking, and he's, and, he, and he's planning for it, and he's dreaming about it. He can't stop thinking about it. And that's how you know you have a dream from God. But can I tell you something? Because you might be in here and go, well, I don't have a dream from God. But can I tell you something? You have a plan. God has a plan for your life. You know how I know? We're going to do an exercise. You ready? I'm going to count to three. You're going to inhale, and then we're going to exhale. You ready? One, two, three, inhale. Now exhale. You know what that's called? Purpose. If you're, if you're still breathing, that means you're not dead. Congratulations. That also means that God has a plan for your life. If you're not dead, God's not done. Right? And, and so he has a purpose for your life. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work. When? With God prepared in advance for us to do. That means before we were ever born, he created a work for us. He, he told, I think it was Jeremiah, he told, I have, I have ordered your steps before you were born. God has a plan for each and every one of us in this room. God has a plan for you to do incredible things. But you know what the problem is? We don't believe it in ourselves. We don't think that we can do it. But, but Joseph, if we will see, Joseph did not give up on this dream. Joseph had a picture from God, and he had a plan from God, but sometimes God's plans don't look like ours, right? If you've lived long enough walking with Jesus, you know your plans and his plans, sometimes they don't go together. But Joseph had a but God moment. So jot the second one down if you're taking notes. Joseph trusted God more than his circumstances. Joseph trusted God more than his circumstances. Genesis 37, 23, 28 says, So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into a cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it, and they sat down to eat their meal. They looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. The camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. Verse 28. So when the Midianite uh, merchants came by, the brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. So Joseph went from being a dreamer to now he's a captive. 
And I want you to imagine, right? He's walking up to his brothers. His dad goes, hey, go check on your brothers. He goes and finds his brothers. They see him coming and go, oh, great, the dreamer's coming. The tattletale's coming. He's going to go back and tattletale on us to dad. How many of you have tattletale? Don't raise your hands. How many of you have tattletales in your family? <laughs> you don't like them very much. Joseph went from being a dreamer to now a captive. Imagine the fear. Remember, how old was Joseph? 17, thrown into a pit that didn't have water in it, so a cistern was just a, a water collecting hole is what it was. And it was dry, and, and there was no water in there, so he was in a dry pit, but he was in a lonely pit. And imagine the, the seconds and the minutes, maybe even the hours went by, and here he is, you know, your siblings do something to you, you're like, okay, guys, okay, the joke is over, it's not funny anymore, Hello? I'm still in here. And then he starts going, maybe they ain't going to let me out. Like, maybe they're not going to let me out. And so, again, the, the seconds, the minutes, maybe even the hours, and finally a rope comes down. And they pull him out. And they think, he thinks, oh, I can't wait to tell Dad about this. He didn't get a chance because he was met from some slave traders. And here he is, and he's sold into slavery, and then he ends up in, the, in, in to Potiphar's house, and, and everything was going good until Mrs. Potiphar got the hot for him. And she said, boy, oh boy, you look good. Like, you're tan, you're dark, you're Bill. Hey. <laughs> Mrs. Potiphar became Mrs. Potiphar, right? Like, she... It's my dad joke for today. Here's what it says, Genesis 39, 11 through 12. It says, one day he went into the house to attend his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She called him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. How many of you know the cloak of Joseph got him in trouble a lot? Like, she cried rape, and Joseph was thrown into prison where he would later interpret a dream of a baker and a cupbearer. And what he said to them came to true, but the cupbearer who, who was supposed to tell about Joseph, he forgot about him. And so here you have Joseph, he's rejected by his family, he's accused of a crime he didn't commit, and now he's forgotten about and he's in prison. Could, could that make you think, well, maybe I messed God just a little bit. Maybe God doesn't have a plan for me. Maybe this is my lot in life. You see, here's what I know. All of us have this picture of the life that we want, right? Like we go through life, we're like, I want to live there. I want to live in that neighborhood. I want, I'll turn it better over here. I want that house. I want that wife. I want that husband. I want 2.3 kids. I want, I want that car. I want all of that. And you're looking at that going, God, this is what you promised me. And God's saying, actually, this is what I promised you. Because here's what I know. Listen to me, church. In order to get here, we have to start here. And we have to pick up piece by piece by piece by piece. Because this is going to create this. But so many of us give up because we look at this and we say, if this is what God's plan looks like, I want to abort it. I want to abort it. And so many people, they don't live the plan of God because they left the plan of God. 
But I, I'm here to tell you something, that, that Joseph didn't quit because the circumstances didn't look picture perfect. He kept moving and kept going, and he would not quit. He would not quit. We trust our circumstances more than we trust God. Well, if it doesn't look good, if it doesn't look all right, then it must not be God. But could it be the opposite? That if this looks like this, it's because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. But in order to get there, you have to go through some messes. I don't know about you, but if you've been walking with Jesus long at all, it's not a perfect road. It's not. And that's why so many Christians, they walk away from their faith because they say a card. Jesus said to pick up your cross. The last time I checked, that wasn't an easy thing to do. So here you have Joseph. And he's walking, and he's in, now he's in prison. And he went from having this dream to now his circumstances look like this. It looked like a mess. The one thing we learned from Joseph is this. You don't have to have the full picture before you move forward. You don't have to know the details before you get into the details. You don't have to have A, B, C before you start with A. Like, I would say like this, if God gave you all the details, you wouldn't want it. Like, if, if God would have said, hey, Joseph, by the way, when you're, when, when you're in your 20s or your 30s, you're going to go be in prison. Joseph would have been like, ah, time out, I'm done. I kind of want this dream. You can give that dream to somebody else. But I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something in these next few texts and, and tell me what you get out of it, right? Genesis 39, 2, 3, the Lord was with Joseph. Who was with Joseph? Are you all awake? Who was with Joseph? So that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master when his master saw that what? The Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Move on. Genesis 29, excuse me, 39, 20 through 23. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prison worked. So this is when he was accused of rape and was confined. But what? But while Joseph was there in prison, what happened? The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all the uh, those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because why? The Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. All right, you ready for a test? How many times was God with Joseph in prison? I'll give you the answer. Four times it says, the Lord was with them, the Lord was with them, the Lord was with them, the Lord was with them. Listen, your life might look like this, but can I tell you something? The Lord is with you. you. Your life might look like a bunch of pieces, and you're like, God, it's not supposed to look like this. God, I'm supposed to be married. God, I'm supposed to have a baby. God, I'm supposed to start that business. God, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to have money. I'm not supposed to be broke. God, I'm not supposed to live there. I'm not supposed to be driving that. God, I'm not supposed to be there. This, that, this. And God's saying, I am with you, though. And I will make it all work out. But you have to trust me. That is the hard part. But can I, can I ask you a question? What's the letter in the middle of trust? You. You have to trust him. You, hey, listen to me. He wouldn't give, can I, just, can I just tell you something? He wouldn't give Joseph that dream if he didn't trust Joseph with that dream. But God believes in you. He believes that you could do it. 
You have to believe in yourself that this is the call, this is the dream, this is the call that God has given me, and so I'm going to walk it out. The reason why Joseph could look past his circumstances is because he knew God was with him. He knew God was with him. The reason Joseph could, could have a good attitude is because he knew that God was with him. You know how he knew that God was with him? Because everything around Joseph was still working. Can I tell you something? Every, when, God, when you're walking with God, things will still be working. They will still be working. It might be little, it, it, I mean, it might be a little, little, little helmet, right? Little head, head of hair. <laughs> but he's still working. He's still working. You know why God gives you those? To encourage you. He wants you to be encouraged. And so he's still working even when it feels like he's not. It, it, it is true that with, with God, be, sometimes we feel like we're in a mess and God's not there. But I, can I promise you something? God, if God gave you the dream, he's going to make it happen. Like he wouldn't have gave you the call. He wouldn't have gave you the dream if it wasn't going to happen. Like God isn't some God in the air going, <laughs> watch these people. I have a plan. I have a perfect for them. And, and so you have, you have this. You have Joseph who's just, now he's in prison, but yet he knows that God is with him. Proverbs 3, 5, it says, this is my life verse, and I, I lean on this a lot. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. You know what your heart is? It's not the little thing pumping in your chest. It's your mind, will, and emotion. It's all of you. Trust in God with all of you. Not just your mind. Not with just a little thing pumping in your chest. But your mind, your body, and your will, you trust God with all of it. All of it. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. What happens when you lean on God? He, makes it, he works it all out. He works it all out. He works it all out. So no matter what the circumstances are in our lives, when things are going great or when things look like these pieces, we have to trust in God more than the circumstances. Because if we're not careful, we will only focus on this. And I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm, I can't walk and look at the ground at the same time. You start tripping and stumbling and all of these things. But if you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, he will lead you to the path that he wants you on. He will lead you where he wants you to be. Jot the clock with that. I'm just taking notes. Joseph saw the perfect in the delay. Joseph saw the perfect in the, de the delay. Genesis 50, 20 says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I want you to hear that because now his family now came to, uh, to Egypt and he's rescuing his family and his dad dies and then his brothers come to him because they think he's going to kill them now because his dad's gone. And they're like, hey, hey, dad wants, you, dad wants us to tell you to have mercy on us. And he's like, guys, look. I now know why I had to go through all of this. I now know the purpose in my pain. Can I tell you something, strong? There is always purpose in your pain. Always. God, listen, you might be walking through something really hard right now. You might be walking through something that you never thought you would walk through. But can I promise you something? It is not without a purpose. It is not without a purpose. God has a purpose and a plan. And sometimes that purpose hurts. I mean, if I took off my shoes right now and I walked on this, if you have little kids, you know you've stepped on stuff. It hurts. 
Can I tell you something? Sometimes God's perfect hurt. But there's always purpose in the pain. There's always purpose in that pain. So I'm going to give you a timeline really quickly. Again, here's a test. You ready? How old was Joseph when he got the dream? When he wrote this, it had been 22 years. 22 years from the time Joseph had the dream until now he sees it. And there's a verse that I can't read because of time, but it says that his brothers came, in the beginning, his brothers came and they knelt before him. And he said he was reminded of the dream. That he, you know, like he saw the dream. And, and so here you have Joseph, and he knows that, yeah, it's been a delay, but now I know why the delay happened. Can I tell you something? We have to go through things in life in order to be prepared for what God has for us at the end. Right? So if you were, if, I don't know if you build Lego but, or puzzles or whatever. How many of you know it starts with at least one piece, right? And you build it. You build it. You have to read the manual, you know, that sometimes are long and confusing. And so me being a man, I just try to do it on my own. That's what happens. And it don't look like this. So, <laughs> but the point is this. In order to get here, we have to go piece by piece. So how many of you, how many of you know that when Joseph was in prison, he learned some key principles, right? He would learn how to manage the prison. He would learn how to manage food. He would learn how to manage people. He would have had to learn. He would have learned how to do a lot of different things, right? <laughs> if Joseph wasn't in prison, and God would have gave him what he dreamed at 17, he would not have been ready for it. Because he, wasn't, he didn't go through the, the management process. Does that make sense? So I can look back, so I'm 46 now, and I know I don't look over 21, but I am. So I, <laughs> uh, y'all laugh too hard at that one. So I'm 46 now. I've been a Christian for over 20-something years. Can I tell you something? <laughs> There's a lot of things at 18 when I got saved that I now know being at 46. Like, I used, to, I used to get mad at God when I was 19 about things that are happening now. I remember being a certain age, and I started dreaming about planting a church. You know, it took eight years for that to happen in Wabash, eight years. And there are dreams about Wabash that I have that haven't happened. And sometimes I'm looking at God going, God, why? And he's like, patient. I hate that word. Right? Like, that word is not my friend. But yet it prepares me, and it prepares you, it prepares all of So Joseph waited 22 years, and 13 of those were spent as a slave or in prison. Think about that. And how many of us would have quit? How many of us would have walked away, and we would have quit, and we would have threw in the towel and said, I'm done, I'm done with this, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And again, the reason why so many of us don't see the fulfillment of God's plan in our life is because we quit too soon. Can I, can I encourage you with something? Get that I will not quit attitude. I will not quit. So uh, me, and, me and my wife, Sherry, will we'll celebrate 25 years of marriage on Tuesday. And thank you. I always say, I always say she's the MVP because she put up with me. So uh, I didn't need no amens, though. Like, wow, okay. Um, but can I tell you something? That in those 25 years, 
I've learned some things. And so some people will ask me, so what, what is it? What, what, what is it? How do you get to that? How do you get to that? And I know some of y'all have been married a lot longer than 25 years, but we're, we're working our way up. So I always tell them this, two things. Jesus at the center, not on the sideline, in the center. You know what the other one is? Don't quit. Don't quit. I didn't sign a, a, a contract when I got married. I signed a covenant. Covenant you only get out if you die. Contract you can get out anytime. So I have the conviction that until I go into the grave, I will not quit. That's the mentality we got to have when we walk in the plans of God. I will not quit. I'm not going to give up because I see this dream. I have this picture. I want to tell everybody I'm not going to quit. You know why? Because your dream with God equals a but God moment. But God. But God. So God was growing Joseph's leadership in small things so that God could use him in big things. The delay contains purpose, so what we need is perseverance in the middle of the waiting, the middle card. Like the dreaming's easy, right? Like buying this was easy. Putting it together, for me, would be hard. Like I would get stuck in the middle and be like, who cares if we don't have a head? It ain't no big deal. Don't worry about it. All right? But it would scare my kids, so I wouldn't do that, but... <laughs> Dad, what happened to his head? I don't know. But it, it's hard and messy in the middle. It's hard and messy in the middle. God is preparing you and positioning you. So can I just challenge you something that I'm going to close? You will experience delays in your dream and your calling. You will. God never promised us a better roses. Never. And if you're a business owner in here or you're in some kind of whatever, you know what I'm talking about. It starts with a dream, but then you have to do things to get to that dream. It doesn't just start like that. And that's the same way with God. So you will experience delays. You will, you will experience delays in the plans that God has for you. But listen to me. Can I tell you this? If your dream is really for, from God and just not too much pizza the night before, you won't want to quit. No matter what comes at you, you will just keep pressing on. It will not quit. And you won't. Joseph didn't quit because Joseph had a dream and he knew that God was with him. And I just told y'all, every one of you have a call of God on your life. Every one of you. And if you don't know what it is, you, need, you don't know what your purpose is, can I encourage you, if you haven't taken next steps, to jump in. Let, let, your, let them just help you discover what your purpose is and your, your dream is. Listen to me. That's what the church is here for, to help you find your purpose. The day you find your purpose, church, is the day you start living. It's the day you start living. But you will experience delays. But can I encourage you with something? Those delays set you up. You know, the, the, the saying that some pre preachers say like this, your setback is actually your comeback. Your setup or your setback is actually a setup. God has a plan for your life. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 says, How, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, 
This is God. This is God, and He has a, He has a revelation for you. What I have no, excuse me. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The entire part of this, the first part of this, in the Greek, it means revelation. It means you're just moving through life, you're going through life, you're just following the things of God, you're just moving and you're moving, and then bam, you have this revelation from God, you're like, I get it. I see it. That's what Joseph had. He had this revelation from God that said, oh, now it makes sense. You think he had that revelation in prison? Nah, he was just grinding, man. And he's like, I'm not going to quit because I remember such a few years ago, I had a dream from God. And I trust God more than my circumstances. I trust God more than that, that marriage that I thought and it's broken. I trust God more than my, my health may be failing, but I trust God. I, I trust God more than my broken finances. I trust God more than my broken family. I trust God because my circumstances look like a mess. <laughs> God is so good that he worked our mess into a masterpiece. This ain't in your notes or your scripture, but it just came to me. Romans 8, 28. Says God, for God worked for the good. For the what? The good. He worked for the good for all those who love him and are called according to his plan. Do you love God? He's working for your good. Even this, he'll work for your good. He's working for your good. So can I just challenge you something new, Strong? Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Your, your, your calling, your dream, whatever, your purpose in life may look like this, but God, in the end, has this for you. Stay focused. Don't quit. And so whatever that is, it may be a marriage, it may be a family, it may be finances, it may be a, a career, it, it may be a house, it may be whatever, whatever it is, whatever God has said, hey, I want you to do this, I have this for you, don't quit until it happens. Joseph ended up living over a hundred more years being blessed by God. Think about that. His, his better years were in front of him than behind them. And I think sometimes we give up on the plan of God because we think our better years are behind us. No. Again, if you're breathing, God's not done with you. God's not done with you. God has big plans for us. He just wants us to trust Him. And as we trust Him, He, we will have but God moments. And I can stand up here and tell you the many but God moments that me and my wife have had, but uh, I'm running out of time so I can't, but I challenge you to go get your own and tell your kids those but God moments. Go, go tell other people those but God moments. So here's what I want you to walk away with. God has a plan for you. Don't let your circumstances dictate that plan. And don't let your delay keep you from walking in that plan. Keep going. God has a plan for you. Amen? Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this day.
We thank you, God, that you are a good God, a faithful God, a faithful king. And so church, some of you may, maybe right now you're in a painful season or a trying season, but I believe that God wants to encourage you today with this message. It's going to work out. And God's not done with you, and he's not done with the plan, and he's not done with the, the dream that he's placed in you. So I encourage you today, ask the Holy Spirit right now to reveal to you what he's trying to teach you and where he's leading you. And there are some of you in here that you don't have a plan or a dream from God because you don't know God. You don't have a relationship with him. And I want to encourage you today, don't let another day go by without having and starting that relationship with Jesus. It will be the best decision of your entire life. Listen to me. If nothing changes in 24, nothing changes in 25. So if you're in here today, you go, no, Pastor Tony, I want to give my life to Jesus. I just want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray a prayer. We're going to celebrate you. And then God's going to give you this incredible plan. But it, has, it starts with him. So if you're in here and you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand up. And we're going to pray for you. Just let me be able to see you. Anybody else? All right, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for grace and mercy. Father, forgive me for all my sins. Holy Spirit, fill me up. I can't wait for the plans you have for me. Thank you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's celebrate, everybody. We're going to close with doing this. I want all of you to stand. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands up to heaven. This is an act of surrender. And I'm going to pray a prayer. God, I submit myself to you again. Just go ahead, Nukon. Tell God, I submit myself to you again. I submit my plans to you. God, I thank you that your plans are good for us. They are plans to prosper us. They are plans for a hope and a future. God, even in this season, Lord, it may feel like a wasted season, a, a trying season, a messy season, but God, this is a preparation season. And we submit our plans to you. We submit our timing to you. This call is all about you. The dream that Joseph had, had wasn't about him. It was about you. And it was to show the world your amazing grace and mercy. That even in the mess, you are working it all out. Father, thank you. And we submit it to you today, God. We submit everything we have in our heart, our dreams, our callings, God, whatever they are, God, we submit to you, Lord. And we ask, God, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. amen. Love you, new song. Have a great day. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. 
Thank you for watching, and we hope you tune in next week.